Explosion Oaks Fast and Furious podcast, and we don't have friends. We have family. Each week in the lead up to Fast and Furious Night, we shall be cracking a coin to discuss the films, character, music, and more of the Fast Saga. My name is Dylan White, and joining me today, still cringing after last week's episode, Karen Marchant. Still hadn't like I knew it was I knew it was coming this time, and I still feel my insides twisting up inside of me and trying to escape. Um, but you know what, what's up, everyone? Hello. It's a great intro. It's poetic. That took me like a good hour to write. Uh, also here, Ashley Holby. Hey, John. Excited to be here because I know that you live your life one Fast and Furious movie at a time. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Not the mortgage, not the store, not your team and all their bullshit for an hour and a half or <laughs> lo- an hour and a half or more. You're free. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Damn right. Uh, so this week's episode, we're officially getting into actual Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> if, if last week you were like, better luck tomorrow. <laughs> Get it all out of here. Watch a real movie. Watch one with cars. Uh, yeah, this week we're talking about the actual Fast and Furious. Released in 2001. Directed by Rob Cohen. Written by Gary Scott Thompson, of which who did the screenplay and story. Eric Burquest did the screenplay. And David Ayer did the screenplay as well, which is an uh, interesting factoid for those because, of course, he's a bigger bigger, sh- bigger dude these days over there doing Suicide Squad and whatever else. Uh, and it was based on the magazine article Racer X, which was written by Ken Lee. Wow, uh, based on the, the Speed Racer character. Nope, not right. The synopsis for the film is Los Angeles police officer Brian O'Connor must decide where his loyalty really lies when he becomes enamored with the street racing world he has been sent undercover to destroy. Let's go for a little ride. I'll go, uh, just to, to go first... I love this movie. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's really obvious. I'd watched this movie for uh, a, a little while. Not, I mean, I've watched it so many times over the years that I could. It, it's like not like the back of my hand, really. It used to be, and I'll, I'll bring this in now because I feel I feel like this is I, I left this out from last week's thing because I feel like it's also an important factor towards maybe subconsciously why I really like the Fast and Furious movies somewhat, which is that. Growing up when I was a kid, because I, I, as I said, the first ones coming out when I was like 11, 12, 13, something like that, I think, around that age. When the first one eventually hit Oldstar, Oldstar at the time, kids, this is like Foxtel these days or whatever. It was Oldstar. It's for people uh, who couldn't back afford Foxtel. Yeah, yeah. No, we only had no, Oldstar. No, no. In, in Victoria, Tasmania. you couldn't get Foxtel. You could only get Oldstar. Victoria, yeah, we could only get afford Foxtel. The whole <laughs> no, Foxtel. No, no, no. There was no Foxtel. It was only Oldstar. Only Oldstar. Yeah, there was only Oldstar. Um, but so they used to have Fast... When Fast and Furious came to Oldstar at the time, my nan would watch the movie on repeat. We would go down and visit my grandparents every single weekend and she would be watching the movie again and would be like, Nan, you've seen it 10 times. Why are you still watching it? Oh, it's it's good though. I enjoy it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, like a, I'm like my 11-year-old... I'm like an 11-year-old kid. My nan's fucking obsessed with watching this... <laughs> Fast and Furious movie, and she went on to really like number two, Tokyo Drift. Four, she loved them, and also, well, and that's like a weird thing I have in my mind. I think, um, obviously, and because she's passed away now, it's like one of those weird things I, I hold where I'm like, for some reason, I like relate the Fast and Furious movies to my nan, which is, you wouldn't think works. 
but so it does. <laughs> what you're saying is the Fast and Furious movies for you is all about family. Damn right. That's damn it, right. Yeah, a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. Um, so that's like often when I watch this movie, I, I think about my nan and all the times would go see her, um, go visit her, and she'd be watching this fucking movie on repeat for some reason. Um, but as a movie, it's just cool. I mean, I have no other way to really describe it. And like, it's like the music, the characters, everyone's just hip and cool. It's like the way they're dressed, the music, the cool cars. Like I remember being a little kid watching this and just being like, I was as much as the synopsis says, I was like Brian O'Connor as a little kid. Like I was enamored with, I want to be a street racer when I grow up. You know, like this was not a movie I should have been watching because it made me want to do illegal shit when I grow up or something like that. I was like, this is the lifestyle. I want to lead this shit. But yeah, and and still just re-watching it. It's like, I also think this movie definitely ruined Point Break for me because of course this movie is a ripoff of Point Break, but I watched this before Point Break. So I, I can't watch Point Break and find it as exciting because I'm like, eh, it's a ripoff of <laughs> Fast and Furious. It doesn't work out saying the characters aren't as cool and everything like that. Um, yeah, I, I love this movie. I could watch it many, many times and I'll happily continue watching it for the rest of my life. Ash, how do you feel about the first Fast and Furious movie? Uh, it's enjoyable. It's a bit dated. Um, <laughs> some of the effects Why? are not like some of the effect choices are not great. Like when they do the NOS and then it's all shaky and the. Uh, but that's stuff. what happens when you. And then the, NOS into the, the slow mo thing where they. It's like, I don't know how to describe the frames like overlapping. It's 2001. What do you want? I'm just saying it's dated. They should remake the first festival. <laughs> no, they, no, they, no, no, no. Don't touch, don't touch perfection. <laughs> yeah, it's just. <laughs> I mean. There was not a lot of street racing when you think about it for a movie that's about street racing. That's a good point, Ash. That is a good point. It's like, and since what, you've said that, two, three races. <laughs> since you've said that, I want to bring up a point that I've been waiting to drop on this podcast at some point, which <laughs> is that for everyone that complains and says these movies used to be about cars and street racing, they've never been about cars and street racing. Cars and street racing has always been an element in the movies. However, these movies have always, since this one, since the first one, been about crime. It's been about the criminal underworld and doing crimey crime stuff. Well, I mean, that they're doing the illegal the street racing, so it was always Yeah, illegal. that's like sub... It's like the, the movie... Tokyo Drift is the only one of all the movies that has a... That's main focus it's is actually... Racing. like spoil. I don't want to spoil the end of it because you haven't seen it yet, but that that's the only movie where it's like the end thing is like, got to roast the dude to prove I'm the best. Like no other movie has that. You know, like legit. It's the only one that's like legit about racing. None of the rest are. It's, it's, it's like integral parts, like saying, you know, war movies about guns. I don't know. They are probably. I don't know. That's the thing. But yeah, uh, so you're saying you you find it okay? You're not head over heels? No, yeah. Especially seeing where the characters are further along. It's like a bit of an odd. I think probably Letty is the character that's changed the most. Like, character-wise. I feel like... In the first film, she's like overly, I mean, she acts overly girlish, I guess, more than she does in all the other films, even though does she, she? They, she, I don't know. She just seems very different to every other film. Well, like, I can tell you that. Well, I can tell you why. It's because she gets shot, spoilers, and then she can never get her memories back. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, things you forget Karen. in an eight movie franchise. Damn right. 
Not for me, true fan. Uh, Kieran, how do you feel about this movie? No, I really enjoyed it still. I think it it shows its age a lot of time and there's a lot of time you mentally go, yes, um, it's, it's very 2000s. There's, you know, the dress sense, there's some of the car designs. You're like, oh, okay. Um, I think it's it's interesting, especially when, you know, through the narrative points of it, you... You 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 always kind of know from the well. I don't think you know the first time you watch it that it is Dom and that in his family that are doing the the robberies. Um, but I think by the time it's revealed and then rewatching it, it's very obvious that it is them and, and this is what they're responsible for. I think um, it's still a good movie. It does a really good job of building characters. I think the plot point you've mentioned in notes that says. Um, that Letty never has a conversation with Brian is uh, is amazing because you think about it, and you go, yeah, no, that's actually a thing. It's um, but I like I like the the relationship between Brian and Dom a lot. I think the two actors um have very good chemistry together, and I think that this is a very good. It's really weird. It's really weird and interesting that this doesn't this relationship doesn't get built upon for. Two two more movies. Like it waits till the fourth movie to build upon this again. Um, that it's it's just very interesting to see how this series goes and how this pans out and how it starts in this movie with very focused on Brian and how that changes going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing when looking at this movie is this is like obviously there's a turning point for the franchise and when this was movie was being made, although there are some like not like super realistic parts to it. As far as like these movies go, this movie was trying to be a more, this movie was trying to be realistic. You know, this is trying to tell a realistic story. Um, the future movies go <laughs> into okay, the realm in comparison of to the other movies, then yes, it's realistic. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they go off the road. Yeah, there's like all the, the race scenes in this and like the, the, the way they're driving about 200 miles per hour and the straight road and, I mean, it's not as bad as the airplane scene in one of the future <laughs> movies yeah. where the track's about 18,000 miles long, but um, stuff like that's a bit bit weird. But when it comes down to telling, I was trying to tell like a, a gritty, like s- sort of realistic story. And I, get, I guess that like also means that when you get the, when you put the characters in a more like fantastical setting, I guess the characters sort of like pers- they they change as well somewhat to fit the, the setting. You know what I mean? Like, so like they're sort of written sorts of ways. Um but I don't, I don't want to cover, uh, obviously, I mentioned this last week, but this could be super relevant if my theory comes true. And I'm only bringing it up at the end because I think it would actually make heaps of sense and I'm hoping it makes so much sense because it's obvious, which is that Dom's thing in this, um, obviously in this movie, they keep like teasing you about the fact, or the cops keep telling um, Brian, you know, like uh, Dom beat someone with a pointer inch wrench or whatever. Yeah. Uh, beat his face to a pulp like he's he's not in control he's an out of control person blah 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 and I don't remember what I obviously well I don't even know if I would have thought about it much when I was a kid watching all of this like judging Dom as a character type thing but um, it's hard to think about it now but um, judging Dom as a character in the rewatch I'm very much like I like I, I don't think he's off kilter at all like when he tells that story and about like I, I think that's one of the better, like, more serious, like, character, obviously, pieces mm. when he's telling that s- s- story to, to Brian, where he's like, I saw the guy who calls my father's death. Like, I, the way he just says, like, I, I hit him. I didn't mean to keep hitting him, but 
you know, like uh, it was a blur and I just kind of kept going. I think that seems like really important to not this, not only this movie, but of course the the future of the franchise, because if they left that in limbo for future movies, it would have been like a bit like this dude, like beat someone to death. Like, like, do we really like, is, is, is Dom like a hero type character? Is he not, you know, this sort of thing, mm. but because they, the way they explain it to you, I feel like, and I buy into it. Well, not, not saying I, I don't think he was like telling the truth. I do think he's <laughs> obviously telling the truth there, but I, I understand. Um, and obviously he did his time and everything like that. But I, I feel like it's a, a very human sort of story and it's, it's important to Dom's character. But then also I do think that's that story is where it's the best place to introduce potential Jacob brother. Uh, yeah, Jacob, his um, yeah. brother for the ninth movie you know, because it's like... Maybe like he gets all messed up when he goes to jail. You know, Jacob... I mean, is he going? Is he going to be the youngest out of the three, or do you think he's the younger? He does. He calls him younger brother in the trailer. Yeah, but is he younger than me? Uh, that we do not. I guess we don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like it's like I to me it's like a really good fracture point is like dad dies. So obviously that's going to be you got these three kids. What what happens then? And then you're going to have Dom go to prison. Yeah. for two years. Brother, younger brother's left out. No. Or maybe he's like, like steps up in his absence and then Tom comes back and tries to be the alpha male again. You know, and then there's a falling out, something like that. I mean, you could just make him disappear in those two years. And that's why he's never talked that's about true. him. Because he thinks he's dead. But that would like realistically, that would be the the best way to explain why he's never brought him up. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, he's in prison for two years. He goes to prison. He leaves his little brother there. Something happens. He thinks, he, when he, by the time he gets out of prison, he thinks his little brother's dead. And that's why he's never been in a franchise before. You know? Mm. But that is a good point to to play with uh, the retconning and the time and whatever, what have you and this sort of thing. Um, to, to have a bit of fun with it. Um, so, who, who else we got? I forgot to go to the main cast before. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Paul Walker, obviously, Brian, Vin Diesel. Dominic, Michelle Rodriguez. I, I kind of get what you're saying for the whole Letty thing. I don't think she, I would say, I don't think she's being non-girly or whatever you were saying. In, in a lot of ways, her character is supposed to be like super. Tomboyish. Like she's, you know. Yeah, tomboyish, but she's supposed I mean, to be sexy. Yeah, I think she's more sexual. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. What, in this one or the future one? In ones? this one. Do you mean? Yeah, she's meant to be. Yeah, for sure. Well, she's you know she's like man, this Dominic Toretto. Wouldn't you be like that if you're around him all the time before you got shot, and then after you got shot, you're probably like gonna relax and enjoy the moment, you know? Sure, true, true. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 sure. Um, and we got Jordana Brewster, obviously as um, Mia, who takes. Uh, I mean her. <sighs> Her character here, I guess, is not super interesting because it's the love interest, the sister, love interest, whatever. She doesn't have much to do, and and a lot of ways, I feel like her character has got the is annoyingly got the least amount of growth because she got stuck as the love interest and then she got turned into like the mother and you know like all this sort of stuff, which is and also she disappeared. She wasn't in the eighth movie because spoilers for seven. They're like. She's off living her life with um, Brian. Brian. I, keep, I keep nearly confusing actors with 
character names, but um, she's off living a life. That, she's back to nine, which is obviously interesting. Does that mean um, good or bad things? No, no they're not going to say he's dead. It's fine. Um, I guess she just got cold in. He's like, oh, I'm on baby duty. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to her being back for nine because like she has a fight with Letty in that. We're seeing it in the trailer. So mm. I'm like, she's finally going to get, I mean. She'll get a story without Brian. Yeah, I mean, it sounds bad to say because I obviously wish that Brian was still in it and I wish that Paul Walker hadn't died, obviously. But, like, without all that way and trying to sound really mean about it, obviously without him there, without him in this movie, she does finally, in nine, she'll get her chance to uh, shine a bit more on her own. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, Ricky Yoon's in this movie, which is, by the way, in case anyone doesn't know, he's the bad guy from Die Another Day. Um Chad Lindbergh, Jesse, I think is like one of the more interesting characters from this. And a lot of ways I wish he hadn't have died in this because I thought he would he I could see him fitting in well with He could like be brought future. back. Well, guess what? Various <laughs> <laughs> <Barbarious> ten. <laughs> Jesse's, Jesse's revenge. revenge. Jesse is the bad guy for Fast Ten. Jesse is the, the ultimate bad guy. Dom, if only you'd taken me to the hospital instead of <laughs> driving <laughs> after the guy. If, if you hadn't just left me alone with Mia and you both ran off after my killers, I would have been fine. That's true. Um, another one. Well, so Johnny Strong plays Leon in this movie, which is the uh, we nearly rounded up the, the fast family of the original here. But he is still alive. He has not shown up in any sequels and uh, that actor in real life has been asked why he hasn't done them yet. And he's like, ah, uh, like they've, they've like asked me or something. Uh, I'm not real. I'm not real too interested because they're not like, they're not like the first one. He basically shit on them by saying that they're too silly. These days <laughs> for him to, to care. Wow. But I'm like, come on, dude, get your, get your shit on straight. You're, you're only known for this movie. All right. Come on, come back. <laughs> <laughs> come back and yeah, come no, back he and do might another be one. Very wealthy. Mm, I'm sure he is. Uh, and then Matt, uh, Mark, uh, Matt Schultz, Schultz, Schultz? Uh, sorry, Matt Schultz, Schultz, I think, uh, is of course introduced uh, in this one as Vince, Vince, and uh, and he's a standout. And we'll get to, we'll come back to him in a second because I will talk about the family part. But any other random overall thoughts for the movie? Jar rules in this movie, and it's weird. <laughs> is it weird? No, it, but you got to remember, two thousand and one. Yeah, it I wasn't know. weird. It, it wasn't you, weird at the time. If you look at the soundtrack as well, he is all over the soundtrack. Yes, he is. Yep. I think he has like two it or was, three. It separate was weird sections. listening to the start of the movie and then his voice comes in. <laughs> yeah, but you got to. He's like the he's. They have him in this one, and that's why I'm too fast to first. They're like, oh, the thing for these movies is now we hire rappers that do songs, and they're also in the movie, so we'll have Ludacris. And then he just showed up in every other movie. Yeah, because they're like, Jarrell's um, over here doing criminal scheme in the real <laughs> life. So. He's creating festivals that don't run properly. Uh-huh. So we're not going to have him. That's fine. Uh, all right. So the family, the important characters introduced for this movie, Brian O'Connor, Dominic Toretto, obviously. Now, you were saying before that you, th- the, you think they're sort of different to how they end up, but it, doesn't that make sense anyway? Like, you because obviously this is the first movie. Aren't they supposed long... to be different? Yeah, it's like... I guess like they age a lot between... Like, you got to remember, in between this part and the next time we see them, there's two movies, which span several years, you would reckon. Yeah. Um, and they've all been through stuff, you know? Like, Brian has been through a whole other movie full of 
just really random shit. He jumped a car into a boat and he's living the yep. life afterwards, you know? Um, spoilers. Spoilers, you know, we've already spoiled a lot of things, Dylan. Jeez. Um, <laughs> and then we've got, you know, Dom who has been living his life on the run away from Letty for some time. And then everything kind of comes crashing back together and they all get kind of pushed together by quote-unquote destiny. Um just how it happens. I don't, I don't think I'd expect to hit Destiny in the Fast and Furious uh, together. It's all, it's all about Destiny. It's all about family. It's all about family and Destiny. Destiny. Sure. That's right. Yeah, yeah I, I think, like, as much as, like, I can like, you'd be like, yeah, the characters change somewhat, obviously, by the time you get to the current day films. That makes perfect sense to me because, as Karen just said, there's quite, like, a lengthy amount of time between these movies. And someone had... They kept, because they did like this whole jumbling of timelines and stuff like that, they had to like put subtle things into certain movies to help the timeline actually make sense. Mm. And what they ended up doing to help the timeline all make sense is that they ended up, although Tokyo Drift released in like 2006 or whatever year that came out, they ended up like canonically it's set in 2013 (laughs) is what they ended up having to do to like make all of the timeline stuff uh, work out. That makes sense because Tokyo is like a very place that doesn't like change very much no No, it's not like at the high front of like technology or anything no the technology doesn't date that movie whatsoever it's fine cars still go forward and they drift it's fine and they still make vans look like the hulk and stuff like that like it's all it's all about that exactly yeah head of the time really um (laughs) in a lot of ways brian i think is the character that changes the most because he becomes less uh I don't know, like obviously in this one and very much in the second one, he's he's like got this very much uh street kid way he speaks, I guess. You know what I mean? Like he's like trying to like it's more the hippish version, I guess. And then in future ones, I feel like that calms down a lot more and he's less of that. I Whereas Dom, Dom becomes more like family and <laughs> I think yeah. I think for this He doesn't one say very- family once. No. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's very much the difference, though, where you can see that in this movie, Brian is, we don't know it, we know it because of other movies, but Brian is very much trying to make himself fit into the world of the, the police force in that world and be away from what his past was, be away from his upbringing when he was, you know, doing things like lifting cars and, and making mistakes. And mm. he's trying to push himself away from that, but then... You know, naturally in this movie, he just gets drawn back in, and he just he feels more at home, and you can you can see him becoming more at home with the family than he is with any of the police that he interacts with. Oh, makes sense. Like, yeah, and that's probably why he falls so quickly back into like liking the life, I guess, the yeah. hashtag life. Why was he yeah, pretending uh, to be a bad driver at the start? Like I don't think run he's his pretending. car into the curb and that kind of stuff. He wasn't pretending. He wasn't pretending. He sucked. I think what I think what happens, and they don't really spell it out. I feel like through a period of time, because you got to remember, there is there's got to be some time jumps in this movie because when he first interacts with Dom early, Dom says there's a month until race wars, and yeah. then there's like a whole. It doesn't take that long to get to race wars, so. I think in that time it's kind of left out, but I feel like Dom has taught him how to drive properly because after the first race, Dom makes fun of his way he's driving, how he's not double shifting the clutch or anything like that, and he's not doing things properly. 
Um, I think he's just, yeah, he gets taught how to properly drive. He doesn't, like, that opening scene is his car topping out at 140 or whatever, and then he loses control of it. Which is why when he goes into the store, he's like, oh, I need NOS and all this sort of shit and all that stuff. He's like, he's he's practicing, at the, the start of the movie is him practicing the race so he can go to the track later that night um, and, and, and potentially be big dog, you know, but obviously he failed. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And then other characters uh, introduced as part of the family, of course, are Letty, who obviously changes quite a lot um, throughout the, the the following movies. Um, in a lot of a lot of ways, killing her was <laughs> worked out well because they got to uh, sort of reboot her, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But um, when 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 they get to that, and then yeah, here's where I put that. <laughs> she never wants she the only t- the first time you see her and Brian have a conversation isn't until number five. <laughs> It's the first time they have a conversation together on screen, although they've shared three movies together at that point, and it's the fifth movie in the franchise, and they're some of the main characters, so that's quite funny. And um, yeah, then you got Mia introduced, which we went over, and then Vince is introduced here, which of, of course he comes back um, later in the movies. Uh, and he, I mean, Vince is like, I feel like Vince is like, this they like looked at Dom's character and they're like, let's take like all the like potentially super aggro side of Dom's character and just turn that into a character without any nuance, you know? Like yeah, that's yep, Vince. exactly. Like super macho dude with literally no off button or chill. Yep. You know? Like if he was if even, he if he was in charge of the group, they would have got caught ten weeks ago. <laughs> even when you were like you think you get to the moment where he's about to accept Brian into the group and he comes back for the barbecue and everything. And then the very next scene, he's back to being a total douchebag again. You're like, oh, okay, no, you've Sexist got douchebag. You've got no redeeming features in this movie. Okay, sure, go for it. Yeah. Um. And I, yeah, I mean, I'll save when he comes back, but I'm, I'm glad they eventually bring him back as well. Um. I, I it's on my favorite. I bring it up here before we move on to favorite line and sort of stuff. I because. Rewatching this movie, there's lots of stuff that stand out, lots of scenes I love. In general, I enjoyed watching all of the movie. But I feel, I really think the end of this movie is great. Like the final, like the emotional scene between Mia and Brian, like when, she, when he like says that he's a cop and he has to get her the help and all that sort of stuff. And the way they build up all that, like because they're racing down at night first and then um, the sun's coming up and they're racing in. And that, that whole, I remember the, like the first couple of times I watched this movie as a kid, that the whole truck driver sequence at the end was like super fucking tense. You know, like I was like, oh my God, dude's got a like shotgun, I mean, like diving onto it, the cars and all that sort of hanging off the wire. It's like. When they were down to one car to following the truck, why didn't he just stop? Who? The truck driver. Because he, he wanted to separate. To kill him. He wanted to separate Vince from the rest of them so he could either kill Vince or probably take him to, you know, the police. Yeah. He's not like, I'll get off, I'll leave his. He's like, I want blood, you know. Yeah, like that's, well, he could that's have the stopped it's... the truck and then gotten out and shot him in the head. Yeah, but what if no, the cars pull up real quickly? The, he wanted to and be far them. away from the others. <laughs> he only had a freaking double barrel shotgun that only had two clips in it. He yeah. couldn't, you know. He, they weren't and, firing and by the way, back. By the way, if he slows down and he sees their cars coming, he's, he that truck ain't taken off too far. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know. Again, what are they doing he, with their cars? <laughs> Nothing. They're not going to endanger their friend. Mm. 
What are you gonna do? Ram him off the road? Don't think so. I will no. say I love the the tense moment with um Dom and Brian where Brian's making the phone call to get medical help for oh, yeah, he's staring at Vince him, yeah. and just their eye contact the entire time where yep. you can see Brian's like, I don't know how this is going to go, but I need to do this to but save him. Yeah. But I got to do it, and just his, you know, you could see the betrayal on on Vin Diesel's yeah. face. You could see yeah. his the emotions he's going through, and it's yep. really it's really interesting. Which is why it works so well. Like that that scene is why the ending works because you get to see how betrayed he feels, and by the time they get back to the garage, and he's about to go off and try and find Jesse, and like the the fact that Dom's about to get in that car he's never gotten in his life. And all this stuff. You yep. can tell like his life's kind of just falling apart at this point. And that's why, yeah, you get to that final moment where Brian hands him the keys. It's like such a... You can tell even though Dom takes off fast that there's no way when Dom's driving off, he doesn't like... He's like, fuck you. But also like there's a tiny bit of respect. like respect at least for him doing for him for him doing that, knowing what it was going to do to him. Um, yeah. And also, since we talk about the truck, I just remember, should, should remember, the opening scene for this movie... That's dope, yeah. That's very good. Car going under the truck and all that sort of shit. I was like, oh my god. I couldn't I remember seen... the car being under the truck for that long driving in a straight line. Yeah. I was like, that's fucking pretty impressive. That's pretty cool. There's, there's some really cool car stuff. But which by the way, like there are some like bad special effects stuff in this, obviously, which we talked about, but also there are some really good practical car yeah. stuff. Mm. happening in here and in general a lot uh there are a couple movies like uh two 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 and four they use a th- like too much cgi i think but like this one three obviously has like really great drifting and then the rest of them five six seven it, all of those is ridiculous as they are a lot <laughs> of this, the car as a lot of the car stuff is actually shot practically uh not to skip too far hard ahead but like for example when they drop the cars out of the sky they drop cars out of the sky, like legit, because they want it to to look as realistic as possible. So, um, that, that's always like w- one thing I like about the movies. They they try to make it. They know it's silly, but they try and shoot as much real as they uh, practically can for most of the time. All right. So, what's everyone's favorite line uh, from this movie? My one is one that I <laughs> love quoting all the time, and I can fit it into different ways. Which is Dominic Toretto when he says. It doesn't matter whether you win by an inch or by a mile. Winning is winning, which is just bring it into any faction of your life, turn it into anything you want. Great line, great line. Ash, what's your favorite line for this one? Uh, it's not how you stand by a car; it's how you race your car. <laughs> Karen, you didn't even have your car. It's such, like, I just appreciate just the comeback and I've had people use it on me in my day-to-day life or just with different moments. I'm like, such a good comeback. Such a such a great moment. I love it how none of us have picked any of the most famous quotes from this movie. Mine's a famous one, surely. No? Yeah, What's the right. most famous ones? I don't think it, but then I don't, like, nobody's picked the I live my life a quarter mile at a time, which oh, is true. kind of a... Defining <laughs> quote for the entire franchise. Yeah, he so. keeps saying it, so not very specific. Well, yeah. we'll pick it at some point. It's a whole franchise. You, have to, you, can, you can pick it from any movie he's in. 
Uh, getting into the mix, picking two songs each to chuck into our ultimate fast saga mix that you can find on Spotify right now. Link in the description, of course. Uh, the two songs I'm putting up are both the Ja Rule ones because they're the standout <laughs> ones. So, Furious, Ja Rule, and Life Ain't a Game, Ja Rule. Ash. I also had Furious by Ja Rule and uh, Deep Enough by Live or Live, whichever one it is. I don't actually know. Karen. I also had Furious by Ja Rule, so let's let's just all include that. Fine. And then, for the delight of everybody to really feel like they're in the 2000s, Rollin' by Limp Bizkit. No. uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I was really hoping no one would pick it. (laughs) Fucking Limp Bizkit. It's the worst song on it. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> important, they're talking about the wheels. Yeah, yeah. yeah they are <laughs> that's important. That's, that's what the car wheel. does. It keeps rolling, Dylan. Did you know? Anyway, looks like we're all out of NOS for this week's episode. You can follow us all on Twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. Next week, we're discussing Too Fast, Too Furious, including the turbocharged prelude for Too Fast, Too Furious. So make, for, make sure you track down and watch both of those before the episode drops next week. And we'll be back next week. Don't forget, hashtag justice is coming. Hashtag, is it though? Oh my God, (laughs) stop it. (laughs)